the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. So God is revealed in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is revealed in the Scripture. The Scriptures are revealed to us through the Holy Spirit. And all of this is in order for us to have a relationship with God. It absolutely never ceases to amaze me that the Creator of all that we know and all that we will know wants to have a personal relationship with me, with all of us. We're going to hear more about that as Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands takes us deeper into the book of John and specifically the 8th chapter. This is a broadcast we call Study Verse by Verse. We're on the web at studyversebyverse.com. You can catch up on past broadcasts when you go to that website, studyversebyverse.com. The reality of believing in Jesus, obeying His Word, and knowing the truth brings spiritual freedom. And it's a freedom that's multifaceted, for it gives us freedom from the bondage of falsehood, Satan and his schemes, condemnation, judgment, spiritual ignorance, spiritual death, and as in this passage, sin. It was to separate, it was to, to liberate sinners from sin that Jesus Christ came into this world. Remember what we find written in Galatians. It was for freedom that Christ has set us free. But people don't understand true freedom. It's true today. It was also true in the time of Christ as well. You see, the people he was speaking to that day thought they were free because they were physical descendants of Abraham. They answered him, We are offspring of Abraham, and we've never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. Now, Abraham is introduced here, and and, uh, there's a relationship through the rest of this chapter, and I'm looking forward to us looking at that, should the Lord tarry when we get together next. It's unlikely that the Jews here were referring to a geopolitical freedom, because as a people, they had served Egypt, Assyria, Babylon, Greece, Syria, and Rome, which they were in captivity to at this time. They're referring here to their descendants being uh, descendants of Abraham. And so they consider themselves spiritually free because of their physical descendancy from Abraham. Now, Jesus, whenever he says something of importance in John's gospel, uh, of particular importance, he, he, he gets our attention by saying, truly, truly, everyone who sins... Now, everyone who sins is a uh, construction in the language that indicates a continuing state, not an individual event. Um, An individual event can lead us into slavery, but it's a pattern of events, a lifestyle that is enslaving. And so what he's saying here is that anyone who continues in sin is thereby a slave. Now, a slave is someone who is totally under the control of something or someone and unable to free oneself. 
And sin is a horrible and cruel taskmaster. Well, the point that is being made here is that a man who sins really isn't doing what he wants to do. He's doing what sin wants him to do. He is a slave to sin. And a person can let a habit get such a grip on them that they can't break it. They can, they can allow a pleasure to so master them that they cannot do without it. They can, uh, they can let some self-indulgence dominate them so that they are powerless to break away from it. We become slaves to our habits, the self-indulgences and the pleasures that master us. And so Jesus' point here is that no one who sins can ever be said to be free. A slave is controlled by their desire to sin. Calvin brings out that many people may not realize their true position. The greater the mass of vices anyone is buried under, he writes, the more fiercely and bombastically does he extol free will. You hear someone talking a lot about free will, it's because they're dealing under burdens of sin. Those who, are, who sin are slaves to sin, whether they realize it or not. They can't break away from their sin. They need a power that is greater than they have within them. What, what they need desperately is to be set free from spiritual bondage. And the only way for sinners to be released is by being united by faith in Jesus Christ, who in his death and resurrection provides deliverance. Having then died to sin in Christ, it will no longer be the master and instead will be free to be servants of God and righteousness. Verse 35, the slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Now here, the Jewish people held themselves to be sons in God's household. Now they didn't assume themselves to be slaves. Now the slave's position is temporary. He has no rights. He has no security. Uh, he can be sold or dismissed at any time, just like a, a piece of property. Now, you remember the story of Ishmael and Isaac. Ishmael was the son of the slave woman, and Isaac was the true son. And when there was a conflict between the true son and the son of the slave, the son of the slave was dismissed from the household. The Jewish people thought they were the true son. But actually, Jesus is the true son. They are sons of slaves. They're slaves. They don't understand their position. In effect, Jesus is saying to them, you think that you're sons in God's household and nothing can therefore banish you from God, but by your conduct, you're making yourselves slaves. And a slave can be ejected from the master's presence at any time. That was a threat that Jesus was making towards them. You can see why their hostility was growing continually towards Jesus. In Matthew 8, the Lord said, I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and recline at the table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the sons of the kingdom will be cast out into the outer darkness. In that place, there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That was a warning from Jesus. Now look at your, 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 your Bible and, and notice that it, the word son in verse 35 is not capitalized, but the word son in verse 36 is capitalized. 
And what is happening here is Jesus is stating a general principle in verse 35 that he applies to himself specifically in verse 36. His focus is not on a son, but the son. And as the son, he is forever part of God's family. And and there is an allusion here to a messianic prophecy that was recorded for us in 1 Chronicles 17, where God says, I, through his prophet, I will be his father and he will be my son. I will set him over my house and my kingdom forever. His throne will be established forever. And so here is a hint at Christ's majesty and his rights in the household. Now the son can confer rights upon others. Their hope was not based upon their ancestry, their ancestor Abraham, but rather on the action of Christ. As the son who rules over God's household, Jesus has the authority to release those who put their faith in him from their bondage to sin, and furthermore, to make them sons of God. Through him they're set free from the law of sin and death. Not only does he release them from the dominion of sin, but he also can arrange for our adoption as well into God's household. So we're no longer position in a position of servanthood, but rather sonship. Now, just as the Jewish people misunderstood what Jesus meant by his statement, the truth will make you free, people today still take it the wrong way. In fact, this phrase has been used out of context for all kinds of purposes. You may have been in a library where the motto is, the truth will set you free. It's oftentimes used by universities as part of their promotional material. The idea is that knowledge is power, and therefore knowledge has the power to set you free. But we know that there are people around the world who have an awful lot of knowledge, and they're anything but free. Jesus here is obviously talking about a different kind of truth and a different kind of freedom. And the error comes when we think of the truth as some kind of concept or knowledge rather than God himself, which is the way Jesus used the term here. And he clarified his meaning. You notice he said, and the truth will set you free. So if the Son sets you free, you'll be free indeed. Jesus used the words truth and son interchangeably. The son is the truth. The truth is the son. And what Jesus was doing is implying that granting freedom is God's work. He promised freedom from sin. And that begins with acknowledging our bondage to sin. You see, it has a way of enslaving us, controlling and dominating us. And it manifests itself in many ways, like self-centeredness, rebelliousness, possessiveness, addictive behaviors. Jesus can free us from this slavery that keeps us from becoming the people that God made us and intended us to be. He can break sin's power over our life. Jesus himself is the truth that sets us free. He's the source of truth. He is the power of truth. He frees us from sin and from its consequences, from its deceptions. And gives us the freedom not to do what we want, but the freedom to do what God wants. 
and to be all that God meant for us to be. That's what Jesus is saying here. Now, I remember something my Bible college professor said many years ago. He said, the truth will set you free, but it may make you miserable first. It's a process. And what God is doing as we live our lives in him, as he is forming us and making us into the people he wants us to be for eternity. And there is a powerful thought to write down in the margin of your Bible next to the 8th chapter. That's Pastor Leighton Sheely. If you joined us a bit late, this is Study Verse by Verse, an outreach of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. This being Friday, if you're looking for a place to worship, I encourage you to check out the website highlands.us for the service times and directions to the church. We'd love to see you, and let us know that you listen to this broadcast when you walk through the doors. That's highlands.us. I'm Mike Trout. Of course, thank you for joining us today. I trust you have a great weekend and can be back on Monday at this same time when Pastor Layton will open the Word of God again in the book of John, and we will study verse by verse.